Hello, everybody. It's uh, 9 past 12. Chad Hartman, Dave Harrigan, and our friend, former St. Claude Police Chief Blair Anderson, in studio to talk about the events that happened in the death of Tyree Nichols, the video, the four separate videos released last Friday night over an hour showing the initial stop, what continued to happen, what continued to happen. These are five officers. We now have a six-officer, as you heard, CBS News sanction today. These five officers were quickly dismissed. They, have now, they are now facing a variety of charges, including second-degree murder and kidnapping charges in Blair. Police enforcement has been an enormous part of your life. You literally have spent thousands and thousands of hours on this. You're also a black man. When you took in this video, and I know you and Rob and your wife are out of town, so I reached out to you and you were kind enough to consume the video before you came in. As you watch this from all aspects of your life, what are some of the things that struck you most? Like like any other decent human being, Chad, and, and, and first, thanks for, Thank for, you. for having me in, in studio. Yeah. And, and my thoughts and prayers go out to, to the Nichols family, and his mom has handled herself with tremendous class. I agree. Um, like any other decent human being, Chad, um, it is unconscionable. It is unfathomable. It is sickening, and these are the things that were going through me as I watched. It is embarrassing. And it made me, it, it, my eyes welled up with tears as I'm watching this. I have a son the same age as that young man. Uh, and whether you do or not, mm-hmm. um, any any decent human being. But I can see how it can resonate. A uh, absolutely. Uh, but any decent human being is going to recoil at seeing that, Chad. It, it is, I don't understand it. Uh, 27 years in law enforcement. I've never been trained in the tactics that I saw, and it just didn't appear that there was any humanity, uh, which which makes me question a whole lot of other things, which which we can get into uh, later in terms of institutional and, and and leadership and those kinds of things. But it is it is soul crushing to see that. Well, I'm glad you used that word humanity because that also struck me, and I understand. Officers also are required to do their job. But part of what stood out to me with Derek Chauvin stands out to me here is when you have the number of officers, and forget that they're officers, they're human beings, who are agitated and mad that this took as long as it did, that individuals were injured, but that they would deliver such force in an un relenting, barbaric way, and you wouldn't have one, two, three say, what are we doing? We can be as agitated as we want. We can be as mad as we want, but we are officers and we are humans and we have to get a hold of ourselves. Well, and, and that's, that's another sad variable, right, to, to this incident is as I'm watching – no, nobody intervened on behalf of that young man. And, and again, that is unconscionable to me, and, and, and I don't understand it, right? We, we, we take that oath. We weren't drafted. 
We put that badge on in that uniform, and we are supposed to be there to serve and protect, yep. period. Um, that, that is the way I always approach the job, um, and, and I always approached it with reverence, and I demanded the same of anybody that I worked with and for, right, because that, that uniform is a symbol of a lot of things, different things to different people, right? To some people, it's a symbol of sacrifice. Uh, it, is, it is a symbol of heroism, uh, to some people, but to others, it's a symbol of oppression mm-hmm. and violence. Yep. And and so I guess I I always remember that it should be treated with reverence. Uh, we have tremendous power as police officers in a free country, right? I can restrict your movement. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> yes. Be, 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 because I'm not satisfied with what I'm seeing or what I'm hearing uh, within the parameters of the law. But that's a tremendous amount of power in a free society, and for me, it, it should have it, it should always be treated with reverence. And they they came off like a, a group of thugs, and it makes me wonder what the screening process is like in Memphis. I don't know the Memphis PD, but th- th- those are some other things I, I want to. Okay, talk well, so about I wanted to. You. I'm glad I'm, I'm going to follow a lot of your lead here because. I've consumed a lot of analysis on this, and I've talked to you many times over the years. I've talked to other police chiefs, former police chiefs. We are seeing what is happening across the country about the desire to get more police officers and how difficult it is to get more police officers in in a lot of areas. And I saw a lot of people saying, hinting at the same thing you, Blair, that – when you see these actions, does this mean that too many big cities, maybe even small cities too, I shouldn't even say big cities, are so desperate to get police officers because they feel like they need it for the proper safety that we are lowering the bar in who we're accepting? Or is that too grand of a conclusion in this case without knowing more details? No, I, 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 think, it's, I think it's fair to, to think that. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I, I can only speak from my own perspective, and that's one of the things I always talked about with my command staff is no matter how bad staffing is, we will not lower our standards because here's the news. We're a liability for our respective municipalities or counties or what have you every morning when we wake up. Let's face it, mm-hmm. right? We, oh, we've, yeah. we've, we've got loaded firearms and the authority to use lethal force when necessary. Uh, and And so, again... You want to make sure that you have people who are fit to do this job. Now, I I don't know what the screening process is for Memphis, but what I do know is 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 here, and and no place is is immune or exempt. But the process here is arduous, and the psychological evaluation is the crown jewel in that process. And I can tell you from my own experience that. I've had some candidates that looked great on paper and I thought would be great police officers, men and women. But if, if the psychologist came back and said, don't hire, I didn't hire. Um, and, and so it makes me wonder, do they even have a process in Memphis? Because if they have a process and if it is arduous enough, this kind of thing could have been flagged prior to them being hired. So, boy, is there some desperation to get people? Yeah, but, you know, we have to be very careful um, so that we don't throw out the baby with the bathwater and and the potential for this 
keeps growing if we just accept whomever because we need a warm body. Uh, you are allowed to chime in also with Blair. If you have a comment from his perspective as former St. Club police chief, as a black man, as an officer, and as a human being about what we all witness, what we've read about involving the brutality which took place with Tyree Nichols, it's the city's one talk and text line. If you want to chime in with a comment, a question through a phone call or text, I think Blair's good as good a guess as we could get on a day like this. He's just that damn good on topics like this. Very difficult and important topics like this. You can call us. You can text us. 651-461-9226. Once again, 651-461-9226. Okay, we'll get to calls and texts with Blair Anderson, former St. Cloud Police Chief, in just a matter of a moment. Um, here's part of what – wait, wait, you want to tell me the music theme of the day? It's a dual theme today. We've okay. got two different themes. Dual theme, yes. We're starting with Kiss today. Kiss. Because on this date, 50 years ago, they appeared for the first time as Kiss. Full Qu- makeup, everything? Queens, New York, the Popcorn Pub – in front of a crowd of under 10 people. Under 10 people. They eventually built that up a little bit. They did. We'll play them for the first half and then uh, a gigantic moment in music history that maybe you didn't know it was gigantic at the time. but I think I know that one you're alluding to. That was 54 years ago. Today. It's a group you don't like. I don't dislike them. They're just overrated. No, you're wrong. You're so, <laughs> you're so wrong. In fact, it was this group's last public appearance exactly right together and it's an amazing moment blair anderson here former okay st cloud police chief among the many things i'm baffled about blair here we are weeks after this stop and the authorities are still telling us they don't know why nichols was stopped in the first place how is that possible that we don't have some you tell me, like, if officers are stopping a vehicle, do they radio back to anybody? Is it, Do they tell anybody? Or do they just pull somebody over, deal with it, and then afterwards they explain what happened with this stop? No, my, my experience here in Minnesota, uh, for a variety of reasons, including safety for all parties involved, you make a traffic stop, you radio that into dispatch, right? You radio right. in the license plate number, your location. Um, and and once you've completed the traffic stop, you give a disposition, right? I issued a citation for speeding or for a headlight out or I gave a verbal warning. Um, and, you, you know, you have your own note section within your squad car, at least back when I worked the road, you did, and, and you make notes. They still have that, though, right? Yeah. Yeah. They, well, even better technology than we had yeah, when I right. started 27 years ago. Um, and, and that's for posterity's sake. That's in case something comes up. That's in case there's a complaint. Um, because you're working 8, mm-hmm. 10, 12 hours a day. You're not going to remember every uh, minute detail. And so you make notes, mm-hmm. right? I, I stopped this person for X, Y, Z. And here was the disposition. And so to not have an answer to that question, again, is unconscionable, and it takes me back to leadership. So, you, you know, what is is this a matter of course for them? And, and as a police officer retired, you hate to second-guess cops on the street. But, again, 
when you see what we've all seen, it, it's unconscionable. And why can't we get an answer to simple questions like, what was this person stopped for? Mm-hmm. And why were they so confrontational right at the start? Like, why were they taking him out of the car right away? As if, if it's a normal traffic stop, I run through a stoplight or I'm driving erratically or something. It doesn't seem like it would. It was just so confrontational quickly. And I hope that's rhetorical because I need an easier question. And 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 let me add this, right? Yeah. What what? And I've I've been a huge advocate for police officers all over the country. Oh, yeah. Everybody knows that. And and so what what this has done is massacred the reputation of all of the good cops, men and women in Memphis and all over the country, but yeah. especially in Memphis. Imagine what it's like if you're a Memphis cop. Um, who who does to, the right to, things? To, who does it the right things the right way? Um, but to your earlier question, Chad, to, to backtrack, I I don't know, right? What yeah. is, is is this a matter of course? Is is this kind of thing condoned, right? Where you know you just you just pulling folks over and you, you know you don't radio in because guess what? That speaks to accountability. Mm-hmm. So we don't have to I, do this. Yeah, I, and, and I and I just don't know the answer to those questions uh, any more than anyone else does. Let's go to the callers, Rob. Has called in. Rob, thanks so much. You're on WCCO with former St. Cloud Police Chief Blair Anderson. Hi, guys. Thanks for grabbing the call. Hi, Hi Chief Blair. Mom, you guys were talking about the quality of people being hired, and I didn't know about this. I was 24 years old, but and maybe the chief can do some can answer some of this, too. In 1994, 100,000 officers were hired nationwide because of President Bill Clinton's bill and a $13 billion fund to better shore up the police department. Henceforward, 95, 6, and 7, the officers will be retiring in 25 years, which is last year. So I'm wondering is, you know, what was the plan to refill all these officers, even in Minnesota? I found out Minneapolis hired 100 cops. Well, they're all to retire. It's not because of culture. It's not because of what's going on in the communities. It's just time to retire. But they're cops, and if 100 retire in three years, what was the plan? And I don't know if St. Cloud had any of those cops that were part of that uh, Bill Clinton bill, but I'd be curious. To me, that's in a short window nationwide. Who is going to backfill these positions? Who is going to fill these in a quick time frame? Rob, your phone's breaking up, but we get your point. I think it's a very valid point. I mean, I remember that time, I'm sure you do too, when Bill Clinton, he was going to be a different type of Democrat, right? He was going to take the Republicans on who would say Democrats were not uh, tough enough, were not supporting police. And at the time when those officers were hired, it was hailed. Then in some of the last elections, there was pushback towards Hillary Clinton and Joe Biden saying, wait, did that create a culture where they were targeting, where individuals weren't treated fairly? So looking back on that hire and then Rob's a very valid point. That's a while ago. People like yourself are going to retire. How do you replace those individuals? Well, that that takes me back to leadership. Um, there should always be some succession planning. Um, that's around the time I started, right, 95. And so there will always be attrition, right? And so the reason I think that that, that vacuum existed was because the officers that were hired in the late 60s and 70s reached that 25-year window. Sure. That, that's never going to stop. 
And so it's incumbent upon leadership to make sure that they have a, a, a strong recruiting and retention plan. I can tell you what set us back recently, George Floyd yep. uh, and, and many other incidents before and since. Um, I, I'm telling you, the people aren't there. And, and as a former police officer, I, I'm frustrated by the lack of quality individuals who are clamoring to get into this profession, but I understand. Well, I asked you this same question when you were in studio with me last month, and I said if you knew somebody and you thought they would make an excellent police officer and they asked you should I do it, you said yes. Now even after this one and the perception and – I think you nailed it. You know, I'm not, neither one of us is going to come close defending those five officers. But there are other people with the Memphis police and there are millions of other police officers who are very good at their job. But what happens now is something like this takes place. And I think you shouldn't be afraid to criticize those. But it turns into broad-based generalizing. Would you still recommend individuals to, yeah, pursue this work? Yes. Now, now more than ever, Chad, um, because we need them. We, we need yeah. those good people um, so so that we can, excuse me, eliminate the, the ones that we saw on that video, and, and they exist all over America. And so, yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's like that it's like that old Dr. King saying, and he had many, you know, only, you know, darkness can't drive out darkness. Only the light can do that. And those good people need to be the light. And, and take these positions and do the right things right. So the long answer is unequivocally yes. Um, bring, come, we need you now more than ever. Let's pause for traffic and weather, and let's talk on the race side of this because a lot of people are talking about the racial makeup of the police department, the fact that these were five black officers. Now, the one officer cited today is a white officer, but the video we saw and the charges of the firing were five black officers. That part of the conversation with Blair Anderson as we continue on this Monday on CCO. It is 39 past 12. We'll get to lighter stuff later, including with overrated, underrated, properly rated. Among the items I have, Dave Harrigan, for that, my body. Overrated. <laughs> A lot of people have said that, Chad. I'm hey, glad you're finally jumping hey, on board. Keep, keep that down. Keep that down. <laughs> Blair Anderson here, former St. Cloud Police Chief. Okay, Blair, let's talk about this part because many, many times we've had these well-documented cases and it involves a black individual, many times a black male, it's white officers, and we get to that dynamic in race and what's going on. In this case, the five officers were dismissed, facing the charges, all black men. And so then it becomes, is this more the police culture? Is this more about the actions of Nichols on that part of race that is gaining traction out of this case, which to a lot of people looks atypical? What do you say to that part? Chad, my my whole career, my whole life, the the way I was raised was to deal with behavior. And, and, And I get that we have a sordid history in this country with respect to, to race relations. And we have regressed. 
right? I'm, I'm not going to be intellectually dishonest and, and disavow myself of that fact. We, we have regressed. Um, but, but on this one, man, it's, it's, we should focus on the behavior. And I know there are folks outraged. I've, I've, been, I've been listening since I got back in the country a couple of days ago. Folks of color are, are just flummoxed at how five men of color can do this to another man of color. But, but, but let's be realistic about this now. Um, when we talk about violence committed um, against human, one human being uh, from another, very rarely is that intra-racial. In other words... Heaven forbid, but if, if you're going to be murdered, it's going to be by somebody who looks like you. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether you're white, black, uh, you, you pick an the ethnicity. The is very clear in that. Yeah, very clear. Uh, and so I don't want to convolute this too much um, with that. Uh, but, boy, you, you it does beg the question, and I don't mean to be duplicitous here, is that, boy, you figure um, men of color would understand because uh, they might have been Tyree Nichols before. Right, have gone through, and not just with the police, but in society, period, which, which is why I'm sickened because I'm dealing with the behavior of, of, of those people. Their, 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 their behavior um, is unconscionable. We, we, we all know that. Uh, and so it doesn't really matter to me what, what package they're wrapped in. Um, what, what they did is reprehensible, obviously. Among the texts coming in, I'm going to look at more of them here. Once um, much of this attack has taken place, Tyree Nichols is leaning up against the door. He has taken a brutal beating. We hear the audio from the officers. Um, very disrespectful towards Nichols, angry at Nichols, checking on each other. But for 20 minutes, Blair. 20 minutes, not a single reach out of medical attention. How is that possible? Another very disturbing and troubling variable, right, in this incident. Um, we are supposed to render aid, right? Um, if, if we inflict an injury upon someone, once that threat is neutralized and once we have those folks under control, we're supposed to make sure that we render aid, right? Because our job is service and protection. Um, and again, another very disturbing variable. Chad, I, I need easier questions today. I'm not trying to be deflective, <laughs> but but like everybody else, unconscionable that it took that long. Um, which again takes me back to it, it, clearly those, those five men, based on what we've all seen. Were not fit to to be in in this discipline. They were not fit to be police officers. Period. Point blank and end of discussion. From this humble guy's opinion, Blair Anderson, former St. Cloud Police Chief, is with us. I'm looking at a lot of your texts. I'm working those in. If you want to continue to send those and a phone call to six five one four six one nine two two six. Um, when post Derek Chauvin's murder of George Floyd, there was talk about police reform in Minnesota. There was talk about police reform in all the states across the country, all across the globe, and in the United States Senate. 
<clears throat> and you had two two senators work on it, both black men. Uh, Cory Booker, Democrat, Tim Scott, Republican, they led it. And again, most people believe they came up short on qualified immunity. And they could not come to an agreement on qualified immunity. Where where do you stand on that and the protection officers receive in that area? Uh, I, I'm firm on that because we, we ask men and women to go out and do extraordinary things. And so those protections um, should not be tampered with, uh, in my opinion. There are many other ways that we can address some of these issues. Um, going back to what we talked about earlier, you know, it, it matters whom you hire and what is your screening process like. Um, but But on the other hand, you know, police officers are accused of things that they did not do all the time. And I only say that because that's what makes those protections important. Because, again, if you want to convince people to come in this profession, um, they need a soft spot to land when they're wrongly accused or falsely accused. And and so those aren't the things that we should be tampering with. Um, we should be focusing our attention, and I said this at the State House for almost two years, we should be focusing on – the screening process, we should be focusing in this state on our mediation process because it is damn difficult to get rid of a bad police officer. It takes an act of Congress in, in how this can, state. How can we change that? How can we find a way to reward the Blair Andersons of the world and to sooner locate, and if there are enough warning signs of a Derek Chauvin, and there were, or – Let's say we find out there are warning signs of these officers to get rid of them sooner because you live it. And what you just said, how difficult it is to get rid of poor officers. I've heard that from so many friends of mine over 30 years of living back here in town who are good to great police officers. And they say we just can't get rid of the bad ones. And and in our state, which is the only state I can speak uh, to because I've never worked as a peace officer in any other state, it is our arbitration process. You know, not not every uh, disciplinary action is worthy of arbitration. But let me give you an example, if you'll indulge me. Yep. Um, I discipline officer whomever for whatever, whether it's written, whether it's days off without pay. Um, no matter how minor or how egregious the offense, they can take that all the way to arbitration. Save, save for a verbal written reprimand. If that makes any sense to you. Everything else can go to arbitration. Now, in our state, the arbitration process works this way. The city or the county is responsible for half of the cost. The union is responsible for the other half. And I have seen many municipalities kind of capitulate, especially ones that have larger police departments, right? Because you're going to you're going to get you you're going to have more. <clears throat> yep. Just just the sheer volume of discipline, and so now it becomes um, a, a financial issue instead of a personnel issue. And so there are cities that will capitulate and take the discipline away, and so now you're at Groundhog's Day again. Yep. Um, and, and so that's one of the things that I talked about in depth at the State House last year. Not every act of discipline is worthy of arbitration. And and so we need some modifications on that to start. Uh, are there other things we can do? Sure. But unless we address that first, it, it's 
nothing significant is going to change. There, there won't be any substantive change until we address that and, and kind of take the cuffs off of administrators so that they can run their respective departments and get rid of bad people. I want to get to one other topic, which another, which is another vitally important topic, and we've had so many mass shootings here in the first month. It is uh, staggering, and our country is so far ahead of every other country on the planet with mass shootings. Other countries have mental health issues. We're not the only country with mental health. We have the Second Amendment. I don't ever want to stop myself, Dave Harrigan, you from getting the gun to protect ourselves, but I don't have any doubt that we have too many guns available to the wrong individuals, and we're trying to walk this line of how do we make how do we not make it so incredibly difficult for a legal citizen like myself to get a gun, but then it doesn't stop someone who's intent on criminality. We're not going to stop all these mass shootings, but if Blair Anderson could make one or two changes to try to even bring this down in some way, what would you do? If, if it still exists, <clears throat> excuse me, I would take a flamethrower to the T-Hart Amendment, and, and most citizens don't know what that is. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, it, it was a rider on an appropriations bill many, many years ago, and, and I, hope it's, I hope it's gone, but I don't think it is, um, that prevented federal law enforcement from sharing gun data and gun purchase data with local law enforcement mm. after a very small period of time. Uh, the, the other thing I would do is add sanctions for straw purchasers. Give you an example. Um, gang member number one, wh- whomever that is, whatever kind of gang it is, and this has nothing to do with ethnicity, is a felon and cannot purchase a gun. But they will find someone, usually a girlfriend, and this has been my experience, who can legally purchase a gun. Yep. And they do. And that gun ultimately winds up at a crime scene and it gets traced back to the legal purchaser and that per and, and I'm speaking from experience. This has happened in my career many times. Oh my God, that gun was stolen. When? I don't know. I don't remember. And there's no penalty for not reporting a stolen gun. And and so we have to start. You know what I mean. We got to get mm-hmm. back to the core, right? And 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 it's small things like this that are never part of the argument when we get up in arms about the Second Amendment. And 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 I am not anti-gun. I'm not a gun nut either. You know, the only gun I have is the one that was issued to me, uh, my service weapon. Um, but it's things like that that the general public doesn't know that go on every day that. Unless we address those things, and and I, I think it's the old, you know, watch what's happening over here, mm-hmm. the old magician in the right hand, <clears throat> yeah. and and we never get to anything substantive over here in the left hand. So that's two things that I would just just take a flamethrower to straight away, uh, and, and then we can work on some of the other things. You're about to do a big national interview today, so this is possible, Dave. This it's possible. This is Blair's final interview with us. He's I'd gonna, say it's likely. He's going to go big time. He's yeah. going to forget about us. Never happened, Chad. Never, ever, ever. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, he is a phenomenal guest on serious topics like this, and we are lucky to have Blair Anderson to come in and uh, join us. Former St. Cloud Police Chief Blair Anderson.
right here on WCCO. Your Linda's construction time check. It's time to prevent ice dams with new insulation and ventilation. Coming up next half hour, overrated, underrated, properly rated. This won't shock you, Dave. I've got about 70. <laughs> I bet they're all overrated. You're, yeah. you're in a mood today. My uh, my body. <laughs> overrated. Overrated. Uh, Jennifer McEwen from the Minnesota State Senate passed it. Party line vote. Make abortion in Minnesota the law of the land. Go even further than Doe v. Gomez. Senator McEwen joins us at 235 here on CCL.